0: You're listening to the Being Stellar Podcast, the podcast for modern leaders and entrepreneurs who are tired of hustle culture and ready to invite more ease and more prosperity into their lives. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth, master teacher and coach, and I am obsessed with helping you avoid burnout while you create a sustainable lifestyle full of possibility and profit on your terms. On the show, you'll hear inspiring stories of possibility, and you'll get empowering strategies and insights from me to support you in creating your stellar life. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Being Stellar podcast. I am super excited about today's guest. He is a dear friend of mine and probably the only person who can do foot telephone with me, which we'll talk about. Or what that means. Um, We'll we'll share at the end of the podcast what we mean by foot telephone. Um, He's the only person who can do that with me. And uh, I'm really excited to have my good friend and former business partner really uh Greg Dent in the studio with me today well in the Zoom studio with me today to have a chat about some of the magic he is making in the world. Let me take a minute to introduce him and then I'll let Greg say hi to you and we'll find out more about his story. But Greg is a veteran Vancouver-based realtor with over 13 years of experience in the business. He is also the Founder, creative genius, and uh, mastermind behind a really, really important app in the real estate industry called Really Trusted. Um, I love the story behind this because Really Trusted came from a place of trying to solve a problem for our team and then has blossomed and had this ripple effect out into the industry across the entire country. And so that's why I'm really excited to share with you. Greg's story today. You know, Greg has this background of service and just a real heart for service and a heart for solving problems. He continues to be an active realtor while he's running really trusted and uh, is really. Interested in studying the changes in the real estate sector and understanding the, we were before we came on the the recording today, uh, we were talking about the shifts in the industry and that'll be another conversation because today's going to be just about you getting to know Greg and how he is being stellar in the world. So, Greg, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I tell people the stories all the time about how this whole started. So you tell the story. I want to hear sure. your version of it.
1: Sure, sure. Well, well, thank you for uh, for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Uh, it's uh, it's it's fun because I, I listen to the podcast, and so it's it's fun to be on the podcast. So I'm I'm truly honored, uh, and thank you for for inviting me on. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess as a as a foundation story, and you started to hint at it for me, really trusted came out of truly, and this is like the classic entrepreneurial journey, a desire to make something simpler for myself. And mm. I saw the problem in, in our, at the time, our, our business. Um, and I knew that, well, actually the, the truth of the matter is, is I underestimated how complicated a solution would be, but I knew that there was a way to make things better. And so mm. if, if we go back to the very beginning of this, when when we as an industry in in BC anyway lost control of the of the real estate council, the new forms that came in were just were just a, a pain. They changed <laughs> the workflow, right? And, and like look, yeah. we, we everybody who works in the sector in, in BC understands yeah. that they're a pain. But I saw an opportunity to make that better. And originally, yeah. really, it was like I just I want this to not be a pain. And as we and developed what we were doing, we realized that we actually had an opportunity to to not only like make it easier, but also to make it a valuable part of the experience. And and you and I have talked about a little bit about how that, uh, when you're a true professional, doing things properly can be the the, the thing that sets you apart. And and our really trusted core values, one of our core values is thoughtful leadership. And the reason we put that in there is we don't want to do what's most obvious necessarily. We wanna do what makes the most sense for everybody in the chain. We wanna satisfy clients. We wanna satisfy our clients who are generally agents and brokerages, Mm -hmm. and we wanna do what's best for the entire sector. And sometimes that's not necessarily what people think they want, Um, but we believe that if we're thoughtful about that, we know that at the end of it, we're gonna end up with a better whatever it is we're doing. And so that's, um, that's, that's where this originally came from. And that's kind of how we built that.
0: Well, you know, originally came from this place of solving a problem and how do you simplify things? Right. And that's one of the things I've always appreciated about you because we know that I can complicate things and, (laughs) and you've always been really great at simplifying things. And, you know, I remember the conversation we had in our sales, in our sort of our team meeting that day, we're like, Crap, we've got all these forms now. We're a high-producing team. How are we gonna deal with these forms and not have to touch them multiple times? So let's simplify that. And as you said, it becomes more complex. And but what I really appreciated, what you said there too, is like, how do we take this requirement and make it easier for ourselves. And really, I I remember I was so inspired by it still. I love telling this story. And basically anybody who listens, I'm like, when I because I coach a lot of realtors and they, I'm like, are you using really trusted? They're like, what's that? I'm like, what? you don't know about that? You need to know. I hope
1: you get that less and less, by the way.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely less and less. More and more people know what it is, right? And which is so awesome. But I love the origin story that it came from a place of like, how do we fix this problem for ourselves and for our clients? and then you saying i think we might be able to help some other people too right and that really speaks to you your servant heart of like how can we help others you know and the industry can be cooperative like that you know you could be like we're going to keep this to ourselves so we look really good having this thing right but, so yeah.
1: yeah no and I, I think you know what's interesting about the the journey that we've been on as a as a company with uh, really trusted is that we started in this really simple form space and we realized that our ability to impact was magnified by huge percentages once we turned our attention to fintrack and you know that's yeah. that's where i've spent most of the last four and a half years and it's it's the dreaded f-word um, mm-hmm. is how I, I i like to position that cuz yeah i said the word and now a handful of your agents are going to turn off uh, because <laughs> because it's the dreaded effort.
0: And I also have entrepreneurs who are not agents listening. So can we explain what the FinTrack is? Yeah, totally. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah,
1: for sure. So the FinTrack is the anti-money laundering uh, regulations that exist within Canada. And there's a whole bunch of sectors that are impacted by that. And some have done a different, have done various mm-hmm. levels of compliance, shall we say. Mm-hmm. The real estate sector has had a particularly difficult time adopting FinTrack's regulations, and there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, are kind of normal. Some of them are unique to real estate. But at the end of the day, the I think here's where I've gotten to in that journey, I guess, is, is what's interesting. When you ask a, a typical agent what FinTrack is, they're going to tell you it's completing paperwork around IDing their clients. And they're also not going to understand why they have to do it. Um, or they're going to have some sort of a notion that it's something to do with anti-money laundering cash in a bag or something like that. And that's, yeah. that's, that's the extent of it. The challenge and and where I've really turned my attention to in the last uh, six to 12 months is that I don't think any, I, I think, I, I think I can say this pretty concretely. I don't know of any real estate agent in this country who is for fentanyl on our streets, who is for sex trafficking, who is for murder for hire, who is for any of these things. And that's actually what money laundering comes from, right? Mm. It's it's trying to hide the proceeds of crime. Money laundering for so many people is this clean, like it's tax evasion, or it's, it's yeah. just hiding a little bit of cash. Nobody thinks about where the cash came from. But the truth is that the cash came from drug money from East Hastings. Yeah. I'm in Vancouver, so that kind of right. hits particularly close to home. But but pick your pick your bad societal problem, that's where the money's coming from. Mm-hmm. And I know that real estate agents didn't sign up to be detectives, and I get that. But the way I like to position this is if you as a as any business in the world, if you had an opportunity to just do your regular business, pay attention to what you're doing and occasionally, probably very occasionally, even rarely would be the right word, flag little things that might be a little different, and that would possibly have an impact to, cur- to, to, to make some societal change, that's a mm-hmm. no-brainer to me. Right. And that's actually what FinTrack calls us to do. The problem is that it's been positioned as paperwork and forms, and mm-hmm. and I don't think I, I don't think real estate agents get that. And and I think if going to, going to other sectors, I think yeah. other sectors have done a better job of understanding that because for a bunch of reasons structurally.
0: Mm-hmm. So well, and you and I could go down another track about education for realtors and training. And and that's another podcast altogether was like you and I have ideas about training and, and how the training really is insufficient for, for realtors, but really trusted yeah. is really what I love about what you're doing, this is not just about helping people fill, do forms. Like it's education, it's understanding this is why you're doing the forms. Um, and one of the things that, that you said that I think is worth noting is that you've taken these forms that we had to do, right? And we're like, how do we make this simple just for so we don't have to touch them very often on our team? And then it was like, how do we take this now and leverage it? So as you said, we can... Use the FinTrek form that like, and I used to joke too, it's like, this, we have to fill out this form. This is your, you know, I need to make sure you're not a money laundering terrorist. And I would say that and, and in jest, but, you know, I still do the forms, but um, there's a way of presenting the forms that takes them seriously and positions the realtor as the professional, regardless of whether you're a realtor, you're in any other industry, you can take the requirements of your industry and use them to leverage your influence and your professionalism, which is going to help you to get more clients and make more money, which is really what I'm all about with my clients, right? Get more clients, make more money. So let's use these tools. And what I really appreciate what you've done with Really Trusted is that you've actually just got them all set up there. It's all a nice little package to allow agents to use this app to highlight their knowledge and their professionalism and their expertise by how they present them. And I know you offer free trainings about how to use that as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. and I mean, I think, like, to me, just to kind of riff on that a little bit, I guess, to me, um, the, the, the consumer experience ultimately matters. And any industry that doesn't understand that the consumer wins is doomed to fail, I believe and that's something i know intrinsically as a real estate agent mm-hmm. because as as a real estate agent there's tons of competition mm-hmm. and if i'm not putting my my clients needs front and center yeah i'm i'm not going to make it and i know that because there's in my marketplace 13,998 other agents who are going to well not all of them well but thank, thank goodness but certainly the ones who have appropriate training and coaching are going to put Mm -hmm. their consumer, their, their clients needs first front and center. And I think when you, when you take that perspective and that approach to solving a problem uh, and that's, that's going back to, to really trusted, that's certainly been at the forefront of everything we've done is making sure that our consumer experience is better. Our agent experience is better and the brokerage experience is better. And we I would rather not release a feature set until we have that dialed in rather than release a feature set that doesn't achieve those objectives. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess uh, where I how I got on this train of thought is thinking about the consumer experience of being ID'd. Well, mm-hmm. look, for some clients, I'm going to see them face to face. They're happy to give me their ID because it works in the schedule of what we're doing. But sometimes they're in a rush. They want to get home. They got to go put their kids to bed. They'd rather do that through their phone late at night or the next business day or whatever works for them in their schedule. And so Mm -hmm. one of the feature sets we were early to the market with uh, in in April of 2020 was the remote verification feature. And there was a whole bunch of technical work on that. and, And that's a whole other conversation. But to me, it's a really great opportunity for a real estate agent to say, "Look, I am leveraging leveraging technology to make your experience as my client better, and by the way, it's also making my experience better because it's going to do half of the work for me, and it's going to protect me from a bunch of fraud because now we're using some actual verification tools and the whole thing." And so, again, just kind of making sure that the consumer and the is at the front and center of all of your decisions mm-hmm. is, is if I could give you one takeaway, it's that it's yes. the consumer is going to win.
0: Yeah. So. The consumer is going to win this consumer centric experience, right? Really focusing on what does the client need? And, you know, it's interesting because we we hear this phrase, like the customer's always right. Mm. And I actually disagree with that.
1: I very strongly
0: disagree. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the customer yeah. isn't always right. But our job as sales professionals is to not make them wrong. yeah, right
1: So our core values in order are thoughtful leadership and then consumer centric and it's because you can be you as a salesperson, your job and I, I you know I, I imagine anybody who's listening to this podcast isn't going to understand this by maybe not They need this more than not then mm-hmm. but your job as a sales professional is to provide the leadership to your client to your potential client, to your lead, however you want to term that person in a way that's meeting their needs. You have to meet them where they are. You have to give them the education that they need to get to where you're at and hope that they're able to follow that path. And that's what you're really doing as a salesperson is you're solving their problems. And sometimes their problems are a lack of knowledge. There's a gap in what Mm -hmm. is going to happen to what they think is going to happen. And your job is to close that gap. Sometimes they don't need that. And and that's a whole different experience. And then all you can do is give them just a wow experience by really showering them with whatever. But Thoughtful leadership's got to come before you can be customer-centric, I
0: think. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because, I mean, you and I on the same page with that. And I call it sales Thought- leadership. What did you call it? Yeah, I call leader. it thoughtful leadership. Okay. Yeah. It's so what Greg thing. calls... So what you're calling thoughtful leadership, I refer to as the... Um, the language of sales leadership, right? I actually, I teach the language of sales leadership and it is, it's is—it's the language of sales, sales leadership. Leadership is thoughtful leadership. But I think what's really important and one of the things that I've spoken about before on this podcast and I talk about it in my trainings all the time is the importance of learning that language of leadership because you can, you can be thoughtful, but you need to also have the words and you need to know what to say. I mean, you're one of the people that I learned that language from was the... And so learning the language, and I think what happens is a lot of people don't, they come into the profession of, we're talking real estate because that's our backgrounds, but it could be any sales profession. And there's really this attitude these days, like, I don't want to be a sleazy salesperson. So I'm not going to learn sales techniques because I don't want to be sleazy. And there's this assumption that it's sleazy. And I think what's so valuable in what you shared here is it's not sleazy, it's thoughtful. It's thoughtful leadership. And if you understand how to effectively communicate in a way that allows you to educate, influence, support your clients to make decisions in their best interest, you will do well as a sales professional. You skip that part. You're on a fast track to being one of those. What's the percentage we talked about before we cut? cut, Like 50, 95% who don't make it in this in sales.
1: It's somewhere in that range. As a realtor, I know it's somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, if I if I dig really deep on that, um, we to to me, you can only provide that leadership by by really understanding at a level that most people never get to. Whatever your subject matter is. So, I have I help people buy and sell houses as a real estate agent. I better be able to unpack the nitty gritty of every possible situation because if I can't do that, then I'm not able to actually provide leadership in that situation. And that's okay. Earlier on, like, look, people start in the business. It's okay to not know everything, Mm -hmm. but you, as as a professional, you need to like understand where your boundaries are and then seek support where you run into a boundary. Mm -hmm. Uh, In in Really Trusted, we sell subscriptions to software which is a whole different sales process and cycle, but our subject matter is FinTrack. And I promise you, I will go head to head with anybody in the real estate sector on FinTrack. And you know what? My support team can as well. Mm -hmm. And my support team is able to talk at a level of thoughtfulness and policy around Mm -hmm. FinTrack that most compliance officers just aren't gonna get to. because. It's only once we're able to provide that value that we can actually explore the challenges that they're having and mm-hmm. show them why maybe it makes sense to, to use our option. And, and maybe it doesn't. That's okay. Right. Sometimes we get to that conclusion, but that's that's where we want
0: to go with it. Okay, so what's interesting about that, because I think what you, what I'm hearing you say is that we need to know our subject matter. Right, so whether it's like housing, et cetera, so and what I find is a lot of realtors come into and these are sometimes these are realtors who've been in the business for ten years and they're like I don't know everything yet. It's like, yeah. sweetie, you know, you don't actually have to know everything. I think that what I want to highlight in what you said is the importance of being able to the the importance of being able to solve the problem. Yeah. So you don't have to know it all before you get there, but you need to be able to solve the problem when you find yourself needing to get answers for your clients.
1: And you need to know your limitations too. I yeah. mean, if you the 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 last core value—not that it's less important, really—but the last core value we have is uh, there's there's two others, but the last one is integrity. You you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta have integrity in what you do. And and so you're facing your client, and they've asked you a question you don't know the answer to. That's okay. Yeah. But as a professional, you need to say, "Look, we're getting on on a path here that I actually can't provide you great guidance on, but I want to help you." So let me go get the answer to that question, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to come back to you when we can. When I can properly advise you through Mm -hmm. this process, and that's that. That is way more powerful in my mind than coming up with something that people know you're lying. Mm -hmm. Humans have you you know when you're being lied to. Yeah, you you just you have this inherent feeling that it doesn't feel right, Mm -hmm. and so if you're out there. If you're out there telling people things that aren't true, your time, you're, you're also not going to make it. Yeah. I,
0: well, I, I think that what you're saying, to Greg, requires a lot of confidence. So uh, to be able to say, I don't know that, let me go find out. And I want you to go back in time, okay, to when you first started in real estate. Hmm. And if you can try to remember, like, what... Did you need to tell yourself um, what actions you take to get to that place of having that confidence that to be able to say, because I'm with you on that, like build it, Being integrity means to say that, but that's actually a very high level and um, mature place to be on the path, right? Like, so somebody who's maybe not there yet, what what advice would you give to them to build that confidence to be able to say, you know, I don't know yet. Let me go find out for you.
1: Well, I think... Outside of my observation that everybody feels when they're being lied to, Mm -hmm. everybody has a desire to, I've yet to meet anybody who doesn't have a desire to treat other people well. And by that, I mean, we spend a lot of time at the beginning of a sales process, whatever I'm doing, building relationship. And the reason I'm building relationship is, first of all, because I'm genuinely interested in other people and that's helpful. And if that's not who you are, then do it because practically it's going to give you enough of a relationship. When you say to that person, hey, you know what, I don't know the answer to that question, they still want to work with you because you've taken the time to understand their needs. You've taken the time to understand them. And the fact that you're not able to deliver on this one little piece of the puzzle doesn't matter to them because they still have a relationship with you. And so I think mm-hmm. to me, the hack if you want to call it that but i I really don't think it's a hack i think it's 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 who i am by nature and it's not everybody and if it's not Mm -hmm. who you are then you can fake your way through this yeah um but is when you get to know people they want to they want to help you much like you want to help them and they're helping you might be to teach you Something about real real estate. In my example, it's it's teaching you something about real estate that you didn't know. My very first listing I ever took, um, I'll be perfectly honest, my seller probably knew more about selling homes than I did. And I ended up in a negotiation around my commission. And my client said to me, You know, I don't like the structure of your commission because you have no incentive to get me a higher price. And I thought, okay, I can make sense of that. What would you propose? And we had a long conversation about it. I ended up negotiating a higher, and I ended up making more money by accident because I structured literally by accident because I just didn't know any better at the yeah. time. Uh, but I ended up negotiating a higher percentage than I had come in charging or than I had come in wanting to charge in the first place. Because we backloaded it instead of front loaded it, and and I did the math after it was like a three thousand dollar difference or something like mm-hmm. that, and it wasn't like I it was I mean let's be honest there was a lot of accident there but the one thing I learned in that was if I listen to what the what the client wanted mm-hmm. and I deliver on that he's going to be happy and it kind of worked out pretty well yeah. Um, <laughs> So <laughs> That's I guess you can, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who fake it till you make it. I don't really mm-hmm. love that expression. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would reframe it to, to be genuine in what you can deliver and, and be genuine about what you can't, but mm-hmm. be genuine in, in building relationships so that you have the opportunity to deliver yeah. what you can to the people you want to work with. Yes, is, is how I would frame that.
0: And I think what's key there too is that when you talk about fake it till you make it, it's like learn, like you're, you're in the process. It's okay to be in the process. Like fake it till you make it really translates to it's okay to be in the process of learning as you do this, right? It's just easier to and shorter to say that, but you're not really faking it. You're just in the process. And so Greg and I have the skill of connecting. Right. And I know that not everybody has it. it actually, you know, if you're a connector, you will do better in business, period, full stop. Right. If you have that natural ability to connect pe- with people, connect people to each other and connect high level ideas and, together, you bring them together. Like you, you and I both have that skill of being connectors. And just like, I'm never going to be Michael Jordan. I've used examples so many times. I just love this example, even though I'm not not into basketball at all. But if I practice my free throw every single day, I will still never be Michael Jordan, but I'll get better at it. So there's the thing, I think, to to give some nuance to this idea of fake it till you make it. Just keep taking the shot. Keep practicing the skills. You want to be a sales professional and you want to create a, a prosperous life for yourself with this business you're in, take the time to learn the skills.
1: Well, and I, I think it's, I think it's bigger than that. I would say that you need to have a desire to grow, and growth doesn't have yes. to be on the sales specific skills. I I really and I've been selling real estate for thirteen years. I still learn things. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm still learning things. The moment I stop learning things is the moment I'm out of this business, uh, and I know that. I mean, look, there's there's a path, and I'll have a bunch of years of whatever, but it'll decline the moment I stop trying to learn, mm-hmm. and. The moment I stop trying to grow. And I think as a sales professional in any discipline, industry, whatever, uh, I think you have an obligation to be improving yourself. Yes. And sometimes, sometimes that's that's really practical, exact language. Okay. And that's a sales skill, but sometimes it's in bigger picture, positive thinking. And that's yep. a skill as well that you need to have. And sometimes it's, you know, I went through a period for most of last year where my physical health was really at the top of my list. It was the one thing mm-hmm. that I needed to put above everything else. And I prioritized that. And is that necessarily my job as a real estate agent yeah. or as a tech CEO? No. But it's important. And well, it's, it's part of living an
0: aligned and prosperous life is yeah to take care of the whole thing. So this, yeah, I'm with you on that. The sales skills are only part of it, that willingness to grow. So let's go back to what you said before about, um, you know, being of service and showing up for your client. And, you know, a lot of people go into pleasing mode. And if mm-hmm. you're a pleaser, if you're a people pleaser, that's an area of growth. You got to get cleaned up because you can't be in service to your clients. If you're worried about making them like you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean- you know,
1: the, the sooner you can divorce yourself of the idea that you need, everybody needs to be happy coming out of the experience, the, the better off you're going to be. Mm. There are times. Hey,
0: say more about that. Because I know for like, personally, I used to, oh, I just smashed my mic. Sorry, if I'm sorry, anybody who heard the smashing sound as I tap my chest right on where the uh, little <laughs> extra microphone is. Um, like I used to struggle with that. Mm. That idea of like, oh, everybody needs to be happy. And I mean, and we have different experiences, obviously, different genders, different upbringing, all of that. But let's tease that out a little bit. this idea of not everybody needs to be happy.
1: Yeah. I, I think if I think about my process of working with anybody, I want to understand what they're trying to do. And I know that if I understand what they're trying to do, I'm going to be able to mesh that with the subject matter expertise that I'm bringing to the table. And I'm going to be able to offer them a path to get what they're trying to, to where they're trying to get. The interesting thing I find is that not everybody's ready to hear what it's going to take to get where they want to go. And I think that's actually like a really insightful comment from a bunch of different angles. And I didn't mean it that way, but as I say it, I think Mm -hmm. it's an interesting thing to say that like, we have, how this plays out in my world is you get the client who needs to sell their home. Interest rates are going to force them out of their home six months from now. And, and they're looking at an offer that's less than they want. Well, it's actually in their best interest to accept that offer. And you know that. And they actually know that, but they don't want to hear that. They don't. Mm-hmm. And your job as a sales professional, unf- and I'll say it the crude way, is to ram that offer down their throat. The And I've said it the crude way because I want to back off and, and take a, a bigger picture of you is your job as a sales professional is actually to be objective about it and to put the bigger picture, the bigger context and go back to you guys are in a position where financially six months from now, this is a complete disaster for you. Yes, this is less money than you'd like, but this alleviates all of the future problems for you today. It gives you a clean solution today. It keeps the ball in your control. whatever it is that whatever reason you might have to do that. So it's what you should do. Am I happy with it for you? No, not really. And you can come alongside your client and be genuine about that. Like, am I happy about where this lands up for you? No, but unfortunately, this is your best path that I can get you today. And and Mm -hmm. if you want the certainty of a path, this is it. And Mm -hmm. You know that's a like that's a really super real estate specific example yeah. but it's it's true in whatever we're doing uh, uh, when I'm dealing with uh, with compliance officers on on really trusted I get the a frequent objection is well my agents aren't going to want to do something different they're not going to want change they're not they're going to want to continue to do it the way they've always wanted. and they're right I mean, Nobody likes change, really. But the only way that your brokerage, in, in that situation, almost always, the only way your brokerage is actually going to be able to be compliant is by working through that pain of change, is by working through yeah. the use of a tool like ours or our training platform, depending on what where their weaknesses are in mm-hmm. their current compliance regime. Um, but when we can show them that the end result is worth the short-term pain, then then, and only then are we going to be able to get them on board with what we're trying to do for them.
0: Yeah. And that's such a great example for you that the transfers to coaching experiences, anything that you got to, if you want different results, you're going to have to be willing to go through the growing pains of the the new experience. The Change is a challenge for us human beings, right? We're our our brains are designed to keep us safe, and change feels threatening because there might be some kind of predatory creature in this place that we're changing to, whether it's a physical change or a metaphoric change of you know how you're doing your work or something, right? So it's like our brains are going to no change is bad. We might die, so you know it's. Yes. We, we have to be willing to go through the pain. You want different results. You want a different outcome. You've got to be willing to get uncomfortable. I, yeah. I, the reason I'm at the gym as often as I
1: am is because I know that that's going to lead to the change I want in my, yeah. in my physical well being. Yes. Is, and I know you, it, you love the gym, right? <laughs> I, I do now. Now, but it, awesome. I, I do now. I genuinely do now, but I didn't initially. Mm, and I it know. wasn't, It wasn't easy to incorporate into my schedule. There was Mm -hmm. a cost of putting it into my schedule. There's a physical cost of being there. It's it's, at least initially isn't the most rewarding thing because you're seeing really incremental change, really, really minute little incremental change. But working through that pain at the end of it is... I I start to see results and that's when you're like, Oh, Mm. right. Okay. Little tiny little things eventually pile Mm -hmm. up. And that snowball of, of that 0.3% growth every single day adds up to a heck of a lot by the end of the year. So.
0: We live in such a fast food Mm. culture, right. And, and fast pace that we want things immediately. I mean, you know, we've all seen the Instagram stories where someone like, you know, it's a messy room and then they put their hand in front of the camera and they comes back and everything's clean. Right. who doesn't want that? I mean, who didn't have, I don't know. if you had the fantasy of becoming a genie when you were a little kid, I did, right? So I could like clean my room by blinking my eyes. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. And what's important to, that I want the listeners to hear what you said is like, is that it's uncomfortable at first. I remember in team meetings, like you were talking about, got to get to the gym. I hate the gym. I don't want to go to the gym. And it was like, oh, this thing, right? You really resisted it. And to hear you say, I love it now. It's great. Because you've gone through the pain of that process of coming to connect the outcome with the action, and that's the challenge in in business, in life, in anything we're trying to do differently is that that those initial steps don't get connected with the outcome. Yeah, right. And you've got to you've got to somehow in your mind commit that it's a priority and trust that that connection will cement itself, as Greg's example illustrates. Well, and I think
1: really i think that if if i were to give people like super big generic advice is find an area that you want you truly are motivated to find growth in and have some success there before you try and apply growth in other areas of your of your life whether that's physical cuz it's easily visible financial cuz that's easily mm-hmm. visible business family relationships whatever area of your life you see as as you're particularly drawn towards go for some growth there first. And, and once you get, because growth is a, is a muscle, right? And, and the, the growth of any sort is a muscle and you're going to have to learn how to develop growth within yourself. And wherever you find that success, you'll then be apply the same lessons to other areas of your life mm-hmm. is, is how I've looked at it. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, one of the things that, one of the mantras I like to encourage my clients to use is be available. I'm available for growth. Mm. Mm. right? I am available for growth. I mean, I love that phrase. I'm available. I'm available for more prosperity. I'm available for growth. I'm available for whatever, fill in the blanks, right? I'm available for, for abundant health, right? And by by being available for it, you're going to be willing to do the work because you're sending your brain the message. I'm open to this. Totally. Yeah. And and once you have this, whatever success you have
1: is going to motivate you to do more. I
0: I believe Yeah. Because
1: you're going to have that little
0: taste of success. Exactly. Let's tie this back to the app. Okay. Mm. So, well, actually, before we go there, we're going to tie it back to the app in a moment. Actually, before I want to go there, I want to talk about, because one of the things I talk about a lot on the show is um, zone of genius. Mm. And I see you definitely have moved into this. Um, And the, you know, living in your zone of genius is for me, that's an aligned life. But right. it's, a, it's a big part of having an aligned life is being in your zone of genius, where you're doing the work that inspires you, that you know is making an impact in the world. So let's talk about, oh, and then we're going to talk about the why, because we had a little bit of a debate last week about why. So start with the zone of genius. And what would you say your zone of genius is? Because I want people to see that it's not specific to the job you're doing, because I think you've applied it in real estate, you applied it in other areas of your life, and now it's being applied in... Uh, really trusted. So tell us about what you think your zone of genius is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think my zone of genius is is problem solving in a in a yeah. different way, um, and it's it's looking at problems and finding creative solutions to them. Uh, it's something that I've done in real estate. It's something that I've done in my time at the Y prior to real estate, uh, and it's something I do on a on a regular daily basis, almost daily basis with a really trusted. When mm-hmm. I my wife makes fun of me uh, sometimes because she she sees my problem solving as like just being eternally positive. And it's not <laughs> that I'm eternally positive. It's that I see problems as opportunities and I just inherently really? see them. When I see a new form that the real estate board has come out or that the BC FSA has come out with, I see an opportunity. I, I, I acknowledge that there will be some pain but I see an opportunity to, to do something better or different mm-hmm. or new. And I, so my, my zone of genius, I think to me quite clearly is, is yeah. problem solving. I, I, yeah.
0: Yeah. I would absolutely agree. Problem solving with a unique perspective because you see opportunities. So it's like twofold, right? That it's problem solving in creative ways because you see opportunities. And I would even say that's maybe you know your genius lies in both of those things of being able to see opportunity where other people just see a nuisance, right? And we can so easily. And I see why Michelle would say, you know, you're eternally positive, and that's why you're optimistic. and and I think that us problem solvers, we are like, I've always thought of myself, I'm, I'm just optimistic. Like people are like, Oh, the economy. Oh, this, oh, that. I'm like, it's all going to be fine. Yeah. Right. Because there's, there's solutions. Right. And and we see that there are solutions and I don't always have them often. And I have solutions, but I don't, but I know that there's solutions. I believe in that. So what I want to illustrate for people who are listening, because some people are trying to still figure out what their zone of genius is. It's not specific to a, to a job. And it's not like you're the only person on the planet who has it, right? No. Now, nobody else solves problems exactly the way Greg does. That's true. But there are other people who are creative problem solvers who see opportunities, right? We couldn't have all the things. We couldn't be having this Zoom conversation if that weren't true. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is when you're looking for your zone of genius is recognizing that it doesn't have to be like this superpower that only you have. Like you're a mutant with only like you have laser eye eye vision and this other person doesn't invisible, you know, and this other person flies. It's like there's lots of people who might have it, but nobody does it quite like you do.
1: I yeah. And I think the other side of that is understanding that I think it's easier to walk this path with other people. Um, and if I look at where I've had the most success, it's when I've been on some version of a team. Uh, My real estate team has been hugely important, both in terms of living in alignment and and allowing for personal growth, but also because it it exposes me to different problems more regularly. Mm -hmm. And for me, allows me therefore to see different creative solutions. The, The really trusted team, I mean, look, uh, my technical skills are okay. I understand computers fairly well, and and I was reflecting on this this morning. I I like I started on computers back when DOS was how you interacted. So CD mm-hmm. dot dot to be, get back up directory and the CD slash whatever you needed to get to to move around directories, yeah. but but I can't program my way out of anything. Um, I couldn't set up a server to do things like, mm-hmm. and so having it's it you you don't need to know the complete picture you don't need to solve yes. all of the problems but coming up with there's value in just understanding the problem and being able to propose a solution and letting other people fill in the mm-hmm. gaps where you have it so like I'm, I'm really trusted Daniel my brother is the is the tech side of things um it wouldn't exist if he didn't know how to stand up a server and and program the code and and all the rest mm-hmm. but I knew that that was a resource I had, and it was a resource that he, like, so going out to the world and and knowing where your strengths and your weaknesses are, and then yeah. applying your zone of genius to where it makes the most sense is, is what I would bring this all back.
0: To. Yeah. I love that you brought it back to the team too, because we, um that was actually on my list of questions here was like, so what teams and let's talk about the the benefit of having a team. And, mm. you know, it doesn't, if you're a solopreneur right now, you're like, I can't be, I don't want to be on a team. And not everybody wants to be on a team That's and true. you still need to have a team. Yes. And let's a little quick plug for really trusted can be part of your team, right? Absolutely. That's what I tell all the agents who will listen to me that really trusted can be a part of your team. Um, You know, I don't get any royalties for this. I noticed <laughs> that my my testimonial is still on the, for the, on <laughs> the website. Absolutely, still on the yeah. website. And yeah. um, because I loved it, it made my life easier. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, your team members should make your life easier and they should allow you to be spending more time in your zone of genius. Greg can do the creative problem solving because Daniel's doing the coding. Yeah. And Greg can do the relationship building. You know, I know you just came back from a, a trip back east where you're talking to the real estate boards there, and you know you can do all that relationship building because that's your zone of genius, and you've got a team here, Daniel and a couple of others who are supporting in the areas where you're not great. By the way, side note: Greg is my tech support, so <laughs> you,
1: you should all be concerned about this.
0: <laughs> so, I also have another guy when it's like really, really serious problems. When it's just like, how do I fix my Gmail? Greg's my guy. I can um, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, But okay, so from the zone of genius, we get into this idea of the the why, and I want to talk about specifically in that context because. This morning I did a live training and someone said in the group, in the chat, like, I don't know what my purpose is and mm. what my, what and really that's your why. And I think that so often we talked about this last week when we met and uh, that there's some misunderstanding, like people, first of all, haven't read Simon Sinek's book. Um, and so we kind of think, well, my why is like my goal, like, oh, my, my family is my why. Well, probably not. It's probably something, you know, they might be your why, your, your money motivator that you need to like, you want to make some money so you can take them on vacation or pay for their private school or something, but they're probably not your why. Yeah. Your why will exist within you, whether or not, wherever you are, it'll just show up in different ways. So, um, you know, I can't remember what you said. Can you remind me what you said about like, you're getting this message, like you were kind of annoyed with like all this messaging around the why. Do you remember? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I, and it's a, it's a debate I've continued to have a little bit. And, and to me, it's, I, I see a lot of people on podcasts like this, not necessarily this one, but who show up and say, "Well, I always knew what my why was, and I've just been living that for the last thirty years." And I think that's so, that's so harmful mm-hmm. because I don't think that's true. And I, I think, um, I think when you work from your zone of genius, your why is going to show up and evolve as you go through whatever it is you're doing. My why 20 years ago was about advancing the state of summer camps for children, mm. um, but but inherent in that was problem solving. And my problems were mm. were day-to-day different than they were for the last 13 years in real estate where it's been solving people's moving problems. And in the last five years, It's been solving FinTrack problems. And so my why has evolved. Uh, To me, my why right now, honestly, is is to have as much impact as I can around changing the way our industry looks Mm. at FinTrack and looks at anti-money laundering and making that easier while while adding more value to it. And I think we as an industry have an opportunity here's how I've started to explain it for just going to my current, what I'm living as why I I do the really trusted side of my business right now. um, I would, I am reasonably confident that there's no real estate agent in this country who believes that fentanyl should exist on our streets or who believes that sex trafficking should exist in our country or who believes that murder for hire should be a thing. But when agents tell me that they're unwilling to just look at the situation they're dealing with, then they're telling me that because mm-hmm. anti-money laundering isn't about tax evasion. It's 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 about the proceeds of all of these crimes mm-hmm. that I think we can all agree are super heinous. Yeah. And so all of us. And the way I've started to look at this is if you were to go into a coffee shop and, and ask a barista if they could influence getting drugs off of our street by just thinking a little bit more about what they're doing on their day-to-day interactions, most baristas would sign up for that. Mm-hmm. It's no different. That's what Fintrack forces regulated entities, in our case, uh, real estate agents, but mm-hmm. all of the regulated sectors, that's what they force us to do. And the, mm-hmm. I mean, part of the problem is right. that nobody likes to be told what to do. But yeah. But- Really, that's what we've been called to do, and, mm. and the that's all it is. It's not this like huge, onerous amount of paperwork that I need to be ticking boxes for. Sure, that's how it shows up, but, but the actual fact is that I, just by paying attention to the situation and the conversations I'm having, probably will never actually stop money laundering because I'm unlikely to deal with that client, but somebody is. Mm-hmm. Somebody in our sector did and has and will again. Yeah. And if we could just pay, just not even do anything different, just pay attention Mm -hmm. and occasionally make notes around that, then we'd be better off.
0: So So tying that back to your why, Mm because I'm going to disagree with you that it's changed because you know, I hear the, because you know, but I hear the through line. The through (laughs) line is about improving. I'm going to go back to your customer experience, the consumer experience. So for you, it's the why the kids' camps, like a better experience with real estate, a better experience with FinTrack, a better or really trusted app, yeah, a better experience for your users that's mm-hmm. going to have an impact in a bigger picture. So I would say not that it's changed, it's evolved and expanded. Totally. Yeah. But the core of it is the same about having people have a better experience
1: yeah, I think that's fair. I I, yeah. I can I can come on board with that. I think. The, uh,
0: yeah, no, I, I can come on board right. with that for sure. I mean, there is a through line. Obviously, how it manifests shows up differently. Like, I can say my why is the same now as it always has been. It's being expressed in a slightly more expansive way because I've evolved. Mm-hmm. But my why has always been to help people to see what is possible for themselves, and. To support them through that, right? To, for them to embrace the possibility, whether it's a high school student coming into my English class going, ah, writing's hard, Shakespeare's hard, to leaving going, I can actually do that. Yeah. Versus now, when I'm a, as a coach, my clients come like, I really want this, but I don't believe I can have it. And oh, the, them coming to believe that they can have it. So it's like, my why has always been, it's always inspired me to help people see what's possible.
1: No, I... I can, I can make sense of all of that for sure. Yeah. 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 No, I, uh, yeah. I get there. Okay. I
0: get there. So yeah, I mean, and the zone of genius, the why really closely linked to your align and prosperous life and the, mm. um, we could talk for hours and then keep going. Cause I love chatting with you. And I do want to kind of bring us back then to the app and how the app helps you personally, because you got into the other people, live your, your genius and your why. You talked about it with the, um, we're actually going to repeat ourselves. So let's go with the, your zone of genius, that was clear, but your why gets expressed. Now I've kind of pushed back on you. So now if we said we rewound this conversation, let's pretend we rewound it. And I said, so how does Really Trusted allow you, Greg Dent, to live your why?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess that part to me is uh, there's a really clear line there, which is I I can now influence the conversation through the 18,000 agents who have accounts on our system, the 430 brokerages who are using it, the conversations I'm having with real estate boards, uh, with, uh, with real estate associations across the country. Uh, <laughs> I accidentally became part of the FinTrack conversation nationally, which allows me to have influence on how our industry deals with that. Mm. Um, And so I truly mean accidentally, uh, but at at, at the same time, it's actually really cool and and neat. I I find it really awesome, actually, to think that right now, as we speak, there are agents doing a course that I designed that I taught around FinTrack and about mm-hmm. what FinTrack is for a real estate agent. Um that's really I find that really cool because it allows me mm-hmm. to provide that that thoughtful leadership we were talking about. Yeah. Um it allows me to do that in a way that I I really believe and the the feedback from the people doing the course is that it's it's a much more accessible way of learning about anti-money laundering for mm-hmm. them. But it allows them to do their job better in a more effective way. And so, uh, and, and similar, like that's, that's the Academy side. The app is the same thing. Agents who are using our platform, I know are doing a better job of screening their clients for anti-money laundering Mm -hmm. purposes without adding a huge additional administrative burden. In fact, by removing some of the administrative burden while doing it. And so Mm -hmm. I know that, my ability to influence the conversation has grown as a result of that. And that allows me to take a um a different position on issues. It allows me to mm-hmm. to problem solve the problem in a bigger arena than I ever could have without yeah. uh without the vehicle of of really trusted, it, as it were.
0: And what's so exciting to me about this whole story and this whole journey you've been on is you just you followed the lead, right? You were like, there was a call of your heart. You're like, we need to fix this. Oh, now there's this. Now there's this. Like you accidentally got in this conversation in a way that I am so glad that someone like you is in that conversation can have that influence because I know you, I know your heart. And I know that you didn't start really trusted to, as a get rich quick thing, Game, right. This is like, yeah, sure. We want a profitable business. We all do. And it's just so wonderful when you come from a place of like, here's a problem I want to solve and it's fun for me to do it. And I want to make a difference this way. And I just have such enormous respect for you because of how you have always showed up in, in my life, in our friendship, also in when we work together and how I've watched you with the way you've showed up with this app and I think your, your success speaks to that you are aligned and people know it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, so I, uh,
1: yeah, thank you. I, I, I know that being genuine, uh, makes a difference. People feel mm-hmm. it. And I said that earlier and I, I truly believe yeah. that people feel it. So, uh, I mean, yeah. I guess if I, if I were to pull back to the kind of the broader advice, which is, you know, do something that you, that feels right for you not not because it's a get-rich-quick scheme not because it's a it's an easy life uh, look we we've talked about the the, the failure rate of of realtors uh, real estate agents depending uh and the part of the reason for that failure rate is that people don't understand what providing value necessarily means they yeah. see the opportunity for the big dollars they see these giant dollar signs and they are giant mm-hmm. dollar signs yeah. but those giant dollar signs are only there if you're actually
0: oh,
1: providing do. value and yeah. you're, you're, and you can only do that once it's truly who mm-hmm. you are and who you want to be and who you're growing into being
0: well annoying too that like if you're coming into this biz- real estate business or any business cuz you want it to be easy you want an easy life You're never going to be willing to work hard enough to create the easy life for yourself. Right. Like, I would say my life is, I don't like easy, it's easeful. My life is so spacious and easeful. And I work hard and it doesn't feel like work.
1: Well, and I think the other secret of it is that nobody's there. Like, no matter how successful you are or aren't. Don't be discouraged by people coming on and saying that life is perfect. Life's not perfect. I, I still have a lot on my plate. Still will have to go to the gym. I still have to go to the gym. I'm still not going to get quite as much time as I'd like with my kids. I'm still not going to get quite as much time as I'd like at the gym. It's all of these things, There's none of it happens perfectly and seamlessly. There's effort involved, but I know that if you're doing if you're working towards it that that state of constant growth and when you'll get better and better and life will become easier to use your words uh, over time as you as you grow through it so
0: yeah Beautiful. all right so thank you so much for being here today sharing your wisdom your journey and your insights i really appreciate you so much um i know you pretty well but i think there's i've got some rapid fire questions that are like and you've heard some of these before so but I'm like, I think there's some of these I may not know the answer to. So we're going to get to know you a little bit more today, and then we're going to share with our guests how they can get in touch with you. And uh, let's let's do that now. Let's do the get okay. and get in touch with you, so they can get reallytrusted.com. Yep,
1: right. Uh, www.reallytrusted.com is the is the website. On there, there's a you can actually book a link, set a Zoom meeting up right right there with me. Uh, you can also reach out to our support desk, get us there. Um, I'm not really great on the social media stuff. So, you know, you can you can try and find me on there, but I'm rarely there. Yeah. Uh, you can also go to, uh, to the real estate teams, to, to Keithroy.com site and my contact details are there. My phone number's yeah. there. You're certainly
0: welcome to call myself as well. Yeah, so. awesome. If you want to, if you're a, a solo agent and your office is not using <laughs> Really Trusted, you can get, I don't know what you get for this, but I have a, pro, there's a promo code that I have that Daniel gave me. I think it's still live. <laughs> I'm it's sure dead. it is. Deb, 999 will get you, I think your first month for 999. I think that's what it gets you, but I'm not sure. So do you have any ideas?
1: I actually don't remember what the deal is that we put out there. Mm -hmm. It's probably better than 999, honestly. But, and I mean, here's what I would actually say. If you're a solo agent, you're at a brokerage, you're not using this, reach out to me. I'd love to set you up on some sort of a demo account. And Um, I'd I'd be happy to get you a few months of using the system, but, Mm -hmm. but more importantly, I think there's a really useful conversation for me to be having with your compliance officer, because I think Mm -hmm. your brokerage, there's something I can do to help your brokerage with compliance. I can almost guarantee that because very few brokerages in this country are actually compliant. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd love to be able to offer some, some advice to to your compliance officer.
0: Yeah. So a couple of routes there. Talk to Greg, use dev 999. I know it's dev 999. I just don't know what the actual, what they actually get for that, but that's a code that we've had for many years now. Yeah, so it's a
1: surprise bonus at this point. It's a point, surprise
0: so. bonus. <laughs> um, I'd let Greg know that you heard uh, you heard about it on on the show. So, yeah. all right, let's do our rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap up because then I'm going to get out of Dodge and head on my vacation and you can head home to your girls. All right. That's great. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars, that one's clear on easy i know mm-hmm. you're disappointed but maybe. yeah i am <laughs> yeah i know that's okay favorite place to visit
1: oh i i would get, so hawaii is definitely top of that list um but more like regularly our trailer uh, as funny as that mm-hmm. sounds so
0: i think i must have had it because we we're having this conversation today and just remembered i had a dream about the trailer last night
1: did you oh, yeah right. okay <laughs>
0: Yeah. So um it's, love,
1: it's such a one magical place. It really yeah. truly is.
0: You need to go there in the summer sometime because I think I went there in the fall and it was cold and so it was oh, a nice. different experience. So the
1: summer is really lovely. The, the, mm, the golf, the horses, the pool. It's yeah, it's pretty hard to top that on a I think day.
0: The like pool night. was closed when I went. So yeah. yeah. Okay. You'll have to have me down when the uh when the pool's open. There you go. Um okay, your zodiac sign. I don't even know this.
1: Capricorn. December
0: twenty-eighth. Ah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense actually. Okay. And, <laughs> all right. Scariest thing you ever did.
1: Leaving my job at the YMCA. Um, I had a I had a I had a paying job at the YMCA. It wasn't a super well paying job, but it was a paying job, and it was what I thought I'd wanted to do, and that's what I went to university for. And um, that was a pretty big step to, to leave that for the unknown of real estate ultimately. But uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems like it's worked out for you. That's pretty so, pretty good. and that's the message for people. Like, you know, you've got to take that step. If you want to have the returns, you've got to be willing to take that first step. Um, yeah. uh, non-negotiable self-care ritual. I think we know the answer to this one already. It's the gym. It's the gym now, <laughs> which by the way, people surprises me still to hear that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Prove that people can change. Absolutely. Right? and grow. Book that you were most inspired by?
1: Uh, The 5 a.m. Club was the one that's made the most impact in my life, Mm. I think. And that's going back a handful of years. Uh, And speaking of growth, I mean, it's something that comes and goes for my life. I don't actually wake up at 5 a.m. most days, uh, rarely, in fact, currently, but uh, I still consider it to be a really important book in terms of my understanding of personal growth as a concept and, and the, what it takes. So 5am club.
0: Cool. Cool. I don't like the idea of getting up at 5am, but I understand any book that's going to open the door for personal growth. And that's, that's awesome.
1: Well, Um, and I think that's, that's what I've actually taken out of it is like, you don't have to wake up at 5am to like the book talks about that being the way to do it. and, And what I took out of it was there's some rituals, some, some daily habits you should form, whether you choose to do them at 5 a.m. or not. Exactly. That's a whole debatable point, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I agree, agreed. Um, huh. If you were a city, who would you be? I can't even guess this one. Mm, maybe I can. Let's see. Oh. You tell me and I'll tell you what I, my guess was.
1: Oh. I'm going to call Odyan. Which you're not going to guess.
0: No, I would have guessed Las Vegas. No, nah, <laughs> no,
1: no, and I love Las Vegas. Um speaks to my poker days and speaks to uh, speaks to to a lot of that. But I, I at heart, the quiet, small, ex- small town yeah. uh, is is where my heart would ultimately mm. be. So,
0: yeah, I think that's only because Greg and I bonded in Vegas on a team, yeah, trip. <laughs> on a team trip. That was our first. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the telephone feet came this, in. So this, we're going to we show you that in a minute. Yeah, We've yeah. come full circle. Um, yeah. I feel like we have to do the, the telephone feet right, now. With right. I, you know, there's other questions I had here, but we're going to skip those and go right to
1: the phone. Uh, okay. This is
0: how we how we bonded in Vegas on our first team trip, as we discovered that both of us have the ability and the access to our um, talking. What we call our telephone feet, foot telephone. Uh,
1: Hello, Doug. Can, can Hello?
0: you hear me okay. now? Are you there? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, Hello? I'm here. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> For those of you who are not watching this and you're that's... just listening, you totally need to go watch the video. It'll um, <laughs> show you what we're talking about with our foot telephones. Um, we're actually both flexible enough that we can put our feet to uh, our ears. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was super fun. Okay. Success leaves clues. What's one clue you want to leave for our listeners?
1: I, I would say, be genuine and don't be afraid to don't and don't be afraid that that's it be genuine and don't be afraid of what that means for you
0: so beautiful well thank you my friend for spending this time sharing your time and energy with me and with my listeners and i look forward to connecting with you again really soon and have a wonderful summer
1: thank you very much really really enjoyed the chat and uh i i yeah i'm really honored to have been on your podcast so thank you so much thank you